Hi, <laughs> and uh, welcome back again to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions. Uh, oh, man, it's, I'm totally going blank. Okay, I'm I am, host. I'm your co-host, Colby. Uh, I'm this your is my co-host, co-host, Jeremy. Jeremy, I'm co-host, Jessica. Jessica, who's now like a veteran. This is her fourth episode. My fourth. Fourth episode. Uh, fourth and final? No. No. <laughs> no. Got you for a while. Uh <laughs> After Dinner Conversation is a series of short stories and uh, podcasts to have discussions about all these stories uh, to encourage well, – that's a lot of cat going on over there <laughs> – to encourage uh, deeper discussions about ethics and morality and the things that matter so you're not just spewing out the same three lines that you saw on some TV show. Or on Facebook. Or on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. Facebook. Where are we at? Uh, we are at Legatara. Cat Cafe, which is why we've got cats uh, going everywhere right now and freaking Cat out. Lounge. It is a cat, cat lounge, lounge, although they don't serve alcohol, but they do have cats. And they're all available for adoption, or you can pay 10 bucks and come and just pet them, and that way you don't have to like have oh, all no. of your stuff pushed off of countertops. <laughs> yeah. So it's like all the benefits of cat with no cat. Uh, also, you can download these uh, stories. The cats? Not the cats. <laughs> you can download the stories. Man, you're really... Energetic for an yeah. early morning. I know. Uh, you can download all these stories on Amazon uh, as well as uh, wherever you e- download wherever pa- you download podcasts. ebooks. Yeah, and podcasts and YouTube. Uh, and by all means, if you're enjoying watching these, like and subscribe it makes us feel good uh, and helps us do this more. Okay, so our story for today is Lay On. Uh, Jessica, you've got the the introduction for this one, I guess. And who wrote it? Uh, Leon was written by Vera uh, Burris. Vera Vera Burris, sorry. Vera Burris. Um, And this story sets us in 1969. Our two main characters are Christopher, a musician, and his um, strung-out girlfriend, Polly. Uh, And during, um, I think they're at a, a... uh, like they're on the street and three women approach with a lot of money uh, and and give it to Christopher um, and tell him he will have fortune and be the king of music festivals and the envy of all who wronged you. And he asks, who do I have to kill first? And they say, you'll know. Uh, and then they go on and Polly arranges a audition for Christopher at a local bar. Um, when they go, the guy who runs the bar basically says like you can play but only if this the other performer doesn't is a no-show or or can't go on um and then christopher decides that that must be the person he needs to kill and so he pushes that person in front of a I think a bus something Um, something big that kills him immediately kills him immediately um so he gets to play and when he plays everybody loves him and he continues to get gigs uh and continues to do um really really well uh it, during that all the witches kind of look in and follow his progress and you learn that the witches were kicked out of their uh, coven i guess witchdom witchdom um and they're trying to earn a place back in and christopher they're hoping will um provide them the way of earning their place back in by being i think by being evil we're not really sure what is the criteria of getting back in um, but just like making him do awful things. Um, so they continue to watch him and say things like, what does a good man with power do? Um, and other frightening lines like that. Um, and then near the end, we, he's, you know, he's a big deal. Um, I think, help me out guys. What happens with Polly? She leaves him, I think because she's an addict or something. Right. And he won't, 
continue to support her because he's... He's got all these other girls on the side. Oh, right. that's right. He's hooking up with a bunch. He's got groupies now. He's got groupies now. Yeah. Um, and, and then at the, um, at the end, uh, the witches come back and ask him if he's regretful um, or... Or he gets put in jail. He's get yeah. put, yes, he gets put in jail, and Polly is not, and he... She calls he, the cops on him. She calls yeah. the cops on him, and the witches... I feel like Jeremy's the only one who did the reading this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I did the reading. Uh-huh. I did the reading. Um, it, it's more important about the witches. Yeah. And then the witches, the, the queen of the witches, Hecate, which okay. we love from Lady Macbeth. Um, I mean, Macbeth, you can call it. Macbeth. I call it Lady Macbeth. Uh, and Hectate comes back and lets the witches back into the coven because they have earned their evil place. Okay. But but then in the end, they're like, you know, we're going to hang out and go to Woodstock or something. Oh, yes. They, they do. They go hang out and go to Woodstock. Yeah, instead. That's true. That's true. I mean, who wouldn't if you could go to Woodstock? I mean... Not the, not the 1999 Woodstock. The, no, the 1969 The 1969 Woodstock. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, you have thoughts? Things you liked, didn't like? Um, enjoyed, didn't enjoy. I, I very much enjoy a witch story. Mm. So anything with witches, I'm gonna read. Yeah, uh, I I love a good witch story. Um, I I do wonder, like, so my feeling with the just to take the witches' perspective for a moment there. Okay. Um, so the witches get kicked out of this coven, and they got to find somebody in order to manipulate to kind of, I guess, you know, cause mayhem and bedlam and. Um, Undisclosed bedlam, I think, yeah. Undisclosed bedlam, yes. Uh, And I think that uh, following their kind of narrative, so they find this guy and they're they're trying to influence him, um, and then to get back into this coven, but then they hang out um, because they're having so much fun in in 1969. Um, I... I don't. I don't know. I feel like it was an awful easy win. I mean, I think for the witches. Yeah, like it's like. Uh, it's not hard to find a wrongdoer. It's not They're hard not... to find a musician wrongdoer. Let's be clear. And especially they bring up the uh, the Manson murders at the same time, right? And which presumably is a much bigger evil than whatever Christopher did, right. you know. And Hecate's like. Did Doesn't you guys she... do this? He did. He did this on his own. You did. Nobody had to help him. Oh, that's so right. So why is this special? Yeah. Right. Right. But she still lets him in. I guess you know in that millennial. <laughs> you're <laughs> <surprised>. participated. <laughs> you t- wait, did you just say that Charles Manson got a participation no, no. prize? No, no, they no, did. No. The witches oh, did. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> all right. The witches in the story. The witches in the story got a participation prize for Christopher. Yeah. Right. The effort of Christopher. So I think that was a little, you know, I. Simple for you. Well, I don't know if it was simple. I would love to know the, I I would love to know what you guys think about this idea of, um, you know, what, what makes evil win, right? If evil is, if, presuming that the witches are a stand-in in the story for evil. Just evil, evil, yeah. Right. And, and. Which is a little bit witch anti-witch it is it is from the research that i did <laughs> from from we my knowledge make this into of a drinking wicca, game every know, time right? you say the research that i did yeah. Yeah. yeah um that's not how wiccans act but that is a modern look at witchcraft is the the, the recent wiccan movement which started in, in the 60s right, right. um so i you know, think this is definitely more of like the, the christian witch. view right. of it's like a witches. stand-in of evil it's yes. like yeah it is like the Macbeth view of of witches. Know, witches. Yeah. Actually, I thought it was like a Joker stand-in from the Heath Ledger Joker, where it's like, I just do chaos. Like that's my job. Why? I don't know. It's uh, just chaos. This is what that. I do. 
Oh, interesting. So you didn't see the witches as evil, but the witches as chaos? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of their dialogue talks about their desire to sort of tempt the worst in us. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but it seems like generally they just wanted just bad things, like just craziness afoot. Like, there's a reason they're staying at Woodstock. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Is to promote... To promote just like whatever, heathenism. yeah, heathenism, yeah, but but certainly or hedonism or I was gonna say like hedonism, yeah, I could see that that's a really interesting take, Colby. I didn't think about that. Um, I I did assume it was just evil, but the idea of it just being chaos or hedonism or you know whatever tempt the worst in us is 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 an interesting. What's the thing in movies where they like they have a sacred object? That everyone has to get. The MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Yeah, I feel like the witches are a little bit like a MacGuffin and just like, we just need evil. Okay, we'll make witches. They're but just it a could, metaphor. But yeah, but it could have been, yeah, it could have been like an evil vase. It could have been a magic eight ball. It could have been. Oh, okay. They didn't, they weren't, they, they didn't act in a way that, that sort of was dynamically interactive. Mm, no, right. they're just providing They're providing, yeah, they're providing the, the catalyst to tempt this person to see what this person's really like. Right. Here's cash and you're going to know what to do to right. make the best of this situation. And I think that is a little bit different than Macbeth in that in Macbeth, the witches are much more, they're both the cause and the effect, depending on how you look at it. Like they tell you your future, but the fact that they told you makes you now think that future is possible. And if well, they had never told you, would you have done it? Do well, and that is what they do to Christopher. Yeah. They tell him you can have fame and fortune, you're and you're gonna know what to do, yeah, to yeah. get there. Right. So one of the things I did wonder about this story was, did they do anything, or were they only encouragers? So they said, like, you're gonna have to kill a person. No, no. they didn't say that. Well, no, they said they, they didn't. said because he said, who, who do, do I, I have, have to, to kill? kill? Oh, that's and they right. Said, You'll know. And I think that's the intriguing part of it. Just to, right. to yeah. echo what you're saying, Colby, is like I'm not sure that they did anything. Like, there's no like. Other, they were just enablers. They They're were encouraging. Let me hold your purse. Let me yeah. hold your purse. Yeah. But, like, but like the whole pushing the person, like that may have been, that may have worked out the same way with or without them, right? He had pushed that person in front of the vehicle. Witches or no witches might have gotten him the gig, right? Well, and I think what I find interesting is the whole. So. I don't know if anybody else read it this way, but so you're reading the story and the, the witches say like, or he says, you know, who do I have to kill? And the witches say, you'll know. And like, they walk into this bar and like his, you know, like the, the guy is going to be on stage, the, the first performer, I can't remember his name. Um, and they're, and he's like, maybe I have to kill him. It's so quick. It's like, it is super quick. It's like, maybe I have to kill him. And I was like, so, you know, this idea of tempting the worst, like, um, I would like, I don't know, a thousand signs before I push somebody in front of a bus. Not that Not I would just push one. You need like a, like a big neon arrow being like, this guy. <laughs> this is the way to your future. Yeah, in case you're not right. sure. Do you see the money sticking out of his pants? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Here's your thousand signs. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it, so pushing in front of the bus came really quick. But then I thought also like that's that might be just Christopher. Like Christopher is like, this, okay, this is it. All right, I'll do this. Um, and so that I, I would love to see a story that kind of plays with the, um, you know, if, you, if anybody out there wants to write for submissions, um, which we are always accepting. Yes. Yeah. That wants to write a story that I would love to see something that tempts somebody in the same way, but then 
it's not an easy tempt. I would not say it's not an easy tempt. It's just like, what if had Christopher pushed that person in front of the bus and then it not paid out? So then they're like, oh. So you okay, just want that- like head fake witches? <laughs> Wait, well, no. But they're like, oh, we didn't mean that guy. We meant the guy to his left. Right, well, oh, you'd have to push another guy. Right, you have to push another guy or or another guy or another guy. And right, like uh, I, in this story, it's um, it's clear that this is like the, the the string of chaos that they're looking for. Right. And it works out for Christopher. But what if it's not working out? What if it's this temp that doesn't work out? And then you just keep trying. Like, do you keep it's trying? It's like a tragic comedy. <laughs> like, <laughs> how many people do I have to kill? Uh, All of them. Yeah, isn't that a Coen Brothers movie? It could be. It <laughs> sounds like plan. a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, so one of the things I found really interesting about this story for me was the idea of is Christopher bad in that he's done bad things or is he bad and now he's been given opportunity? Like like are, like the three of us are sitting here. Like are we secretly evil? We just haven't gotten there, like uh, – Let's be clear. There is no secret. Yeah. I am evil. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in your case, but here's the thing: Were you evil before you did anything, or, or because I feel like yeah. I feel like is evil in the action, or is it in the mind? And even if the mind never gives choice to that action, does that still make you evil? Because there are certainly times when I'm driving a car and somebody cuts me off, and I'm like, oh, if I could get in that car with a baseball bat, I would take care of them right now. <laughs> but, but, but luckily they drive away before I can pull up alongside them with a baseball bat. You need a podcast when you drive. Yeah, <laughs> clearly uh, I need yeah. something. But, but. And so I, I do wonder if, uh, you know, there's that saying, like, if you want to know what somebody's made of, don't give them adversity, give them power, right? Because, oh, right. Absolutely. Because, I mean, there's a reason that, 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 you know, kings and dictators become the worst people often because they have the ability to be the worst people. Well, that's, that's an inter- interesting question. Um, and in, in particular in the story with Christopher, um, you know, he's tempted – and he immediately throws somebody in front of the bus. But then when he gets power, right? When yeah. he um, he ditches he ditches Polly, who was there to help him. Sure. So there's not even the redeeming quality there, where he's at least you know loyal. Um, no, no, no. I think right, once you've gone evil, you're. I mean, I think I think he is entirely self-centered. Yes. In and I don't even think it's about the music. It's about the. The, the power. It's, yeah, it's about being being loved, right? Yes. Being all of these, being adored, yeah. being rich, being. And so you look, and I think this is a little bit relevant in the way the sort of situation we've been in the last couple of years. If you look at like R. Kelly, if you look at um, uh, Bill Cosby, if you look at all these people who are sort of empowered and entitled. Yeah, yeah they're empowered and entitled, and they're rich, and there are people who sort of fix the things that that, that go wrong, that go Absolutely. wrong, and it happens again and again. That over a period of time, you think. Well, I can do anything. I can, yeah, I can. I can do I can what kill I kill somebody on the street, and and nobody would care. And nobody right. would care. Why? Where'd you get that quote from? I wonder. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and but that's exactly it, right? And so the question is, when you get that ability, I don't. Th- I think there are more Christophers than we would like to think. Yes, and that the only thing that keeps people from doing these things, in, in not all cases, but in many cases, is just. Like I don't, I'm not a bajillionaire, and I'm not worth a hundred billion dollars. Right. I'm not. Or there's a process th- through growing up where you develop a strong moral character, and even those people can be tempted and can do wrong in their in doing things that they think are right. But it's if you don't have that strong moral character or that hasn't been developed in you, 
I, I think we all fall back on uh, selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so walk me back just a little bit with that statement. Um, so how does one develop a strong moral character? And I, I'm yeah, going to follow up on question. something. How do you know uh, that you have one until you're given power, power instead of adversity? It's true. I don't know, <laughs> personally. As a person who uh, doesn't have tons of power, yeah. Right. Uh, well, I think in a previous episode, you talked about, uh, with your daughter, right. showing her, or that we should teach the consequences of of what people are doing, the good and the bad of everybody. Yes, yes, And you yes. realize... Right, when we talk about history. Like, don't, don't talk about just history. sell a hero, sell the whole story of that hero yeah. so they understand right. that everybody is, is a complicated... Everybody's even, a complicated even, mess. Even there people are that are known as good people are complicated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There are consequences to all the actions, everything you do. So understanding that, and there's good and bad in everything, uh, I think helps develop the ability to choose a a moral path. So, okay. So I'm following you. Uh, but one of the things I would have to say is that, especially with our heroes... There is lots of times when they, there, there are no consequences for the, the bad they did. Especially, particularly historically. Especially historically. Um, especially during, you know, what we would now consider bad slavery um, that wasn't necessarily considered bad back then, at least not by, by the people that, was do, that were doing it. Um, and so there weren't consequences. So how do you teach consequences? How do you teach that moral barometer? Um, when we do, I mean, there's lots of people now that have, that are doing horrible things that have no consequences to it. Um, R. Kelly still gets record contracts. You know, Bill Cosby, is he in jail now? But he's yeah, probably he's still selling records. Probably still, <laughs> probably still selling records. Um, so there are, you know, I, somebody once said, you know, um, they didn't know me well. So they said they had a very strong moral barometer. Uh, but they said, you know, how did you learn that? Um, and they assumed that it was my, I was raised Catholic. I am not Catholic, but I was raised Catholic. Um, and they wondered how my daughter would be, be raised to have a strong moral barometer without being raised with religion. And when we talk we were about, texting about this last night, this yeah. drives me nuts. Yeah, I this, idea, this idea that people think that, uh, that, that religion provides morals and without religion, you can't have morals. Right. Exactly. And I would argue Bonkers. just the opposite. And there's a little bit of a tangent. I would argue just the opposite, that if I'm not pulling the lever because I'm afraid I'm going to get shocked, that's not a moral. That's right. a fear. Right, right, right. Right? So if I don't do – if I follow uh, Christianity or whatever faith I believe in because I am worried about someone watching and judging and scoring me, right. those are not morals. Those are fears. Those are fears of retribution. Yes. Morals is – moral is – is to me when you are like, look, nobody's ever going to know. It's the perfect crime. No one will ever know. But now. But it's still wrong. I'll know. It's still. Like, I, it, it's, it, yeah, it's wrong to me. And so it doesn't matter at all. To me, that's morality. Right. right? And so I think a, you know, obviously Christians can be moral. But if the reason for being moral is just. The fear of punishment. It's a fear of punishment. That's, that's not, not morality. Moral that's not morality, which is why it drives me nuts that people like non-Christians or non-religious people can't be moral. I'm like, no, they can only be moral because right. they don't believe there is a punishment waiting for them except for their own self-identity and their disappointment in themselves and their choices. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's a nice rant. Good job. Thank you. It's been I've been storing that one up for a while. Uh, just for the story. Just well, no, just for the. For, I mean, it's part of the reason for these podcasts, right? Is the idea that uh, that you can have these conversations about the ethics and morals of these characters and these things they're doing and their choices they're making, and and it's about. And I think the way sometimes you develop those morals, one, you just inherit them from your parents until you can judge them, but also I think the issue of just you live life and you're like, wow, I was treated that way and I don't like it. Right. And so now and when I I'm, treated other people this way and now I have to deal with the consequences right. of that. And now that I'm seeing it for the third time, I'm like, look, I, I'm not doing this because it is or isn't. I'm doing it because I just, it's just not who I choose to be. Right. Because I know what it's like to be in that person, to be the kid that's taunted at the playground or right. to be the person who's. Or the kid that's excluded. Right? Excluded or fat shamed or, mm-hmm. or teased about being LGBT or whatever the case may be. And I think that's. I think the interesting thing about this story, see the way I tied that all together, <laughs> is if you take someone who's in their, I assume the musician's late teens, early 20s, mm-hmm. who's living on the street, who's drug addicted, or at least has a drug addicted girlfriend, uh, and you say, here is everything. Yeah. I, I am terribly disappointed that he just goes in this spiral of like evil. But I am not the least bit surprised. And well, I think that he is the norm, not the exception. Really? Yeah. I, I think I disagree. I'm a humanist at heart. So Aww. I know. So evil and still so humanist. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think Christopher's spiral is it can be indicative of some people. And especially, like, we can talk forever about Christopher's situation and why he made the choices and, you know, how those choices are not necessarily choices. You're living on the street. Everything is horrible. And somebody says you can have all the money you want if you just do this one thing. It's really hard to say no to that when when life is so terrible. Particularly if nobody's ever, if you've never had the experiences and the sort of mentors to explain to you why this is the wrong choice. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you society explains to you why this is the wrong choice. It's not like Christopher pushed that kid in front of the bus and was like, oh, I'm sure everybody will be okay with this. That's true. I mean, laws are the codification of sort of community morality. But what um, – and and I think we can extend this this metaphor into into larger – like this is why, you know, crime is committed in, in terrible neighborhoods is because there is this – there is no way out unless sure. we do this thing. What surprises me, I think, about Christopher's character and what I would probably argue is that there was no um, shame spiral. There was no... Um, he doesn't die realizing like, oh... Well, right. Well, we don't really get Christopher's perspective. That's, that's true. true. That's we get so, the witch's perspective. Right. And, and what I will say is like, I think it would be... I would have, um, I think more people are apt to push the person in front of the bus to get out of a terrible situation yeah. and then feel shame, regret, and, um, and, and not just fear, but like just a terrible sadness, but also try to receive redemption in other ways. And I think that's why the, that the, the witches get back into the coven is because Christopher didn't go that route. He didn't have the, the okay, I'm now in a place of power where I have solved my issues and I can be a better person. Right? We see I can lay off the horrible that. because now I can eat. Right. Now I can eat. Now my Maslow's pyramid of uh, hierarchy of, yeah. of, of being an okay human being I ha- is taken care of. So now I can so, work on self enlightenment. So do you sort of put these into two tiers of sort of issue, right? Like one is the I need. Uh, and so I have to steal or do whatever versus 
uh, I live without um, fear, and so I do as I choose. Right, right. Yes, so I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's true. And and like we see a little bit of Christopher's character in the, in the very beginning where he's trying to get enough money for Polly to get a fix. Yeah. It, this is not just him feeding himself. This is him taking care of someone else. You ready to have your mind blown? I'm about to blow your mind. Blow my mind. <laughs> what if? What if? They're actually the same. In that, uh, in What's the beginning, for Christopher, in the beginning, the issues are uh, I'm hungry, I'm whatever, I'm whatever, I want people like me. But the real issue is, is I don't like myself, right? Sure. I don't feel loved. I have a hole in me that I can't fill. Correct. Once that is in him, whether you've got a little bit of money or a lot of money or a couple of groupies or a lot of groupies or a couple of people to sleep with you or a hundred people to sleep with you, that hole never gets filled. That's the sort of Maslow's pyramid where, where yes, you've got food and shelter, but what you don't have is a sense of like love, emotional, emotional support and love and all those yeah. things, right? Like you want to talk about a list of people that are not ever going to get married? Rock stars. Because that hole is still not filled mm. in the way it can be. And so he's continuing to try and meet his sort of pyramid of needs, but the but he doesn't understand that money and, and groupies is not the thing that, fit, that sort of fills the last spot in the pyramid. Yeah, I think but again, does that come down to choice? Did it blow your mind? Ah. That comes down to a choice where what would fill the hole is enlightenment Yoga. and becoming a good person right, at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So here's yes. one that I, I'm always amazed by. Uh, so, and I don't. I'm just I'm broad brushstroking this, right? But so Harrison Ford is a carpenter. And uh, and gets picked up for like a couple of movies and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all these things. Then he becomes at one point he had he was starred in like seven of the ten highest grossing movies at one point in like 1989 or something. Sure. Uh, and what does he do? He like marries Car- Callista Flockhart or whatever her name yeah, is, yeah, and goes to a ranch in Wyoming where he just like lives, yeah. right? And that's it. And he doesn't he does a few movies once in a while that are pretty mediocre, but he just is he's he's full sure right as that to me is like that's our person who could have been christopher oh okay because i mean he's literally han solo like that guy (laughs) is not hurting for lady friends or money or jobs or anything correct uh and he's like no i just i'm perfectly happy like learning to fly you know a cessna living in wyoming and like you know doing cowboy stuff uh that to me is what you wish Christopher were, right? Like a person, maybe that they don't have to remove themselves from society, but that they understood that, like, I have an, I, I am enough, right? Without the fact that I'm Han Solo or I'm yes. whatever. Yes. Yeah, I think you're correct in that the that Christopher has a need greater than Maslow's pyramid, that, and that is what makes him continue to be such a jerk for the rest of the story right he never has right. enough he never no, has enough no. where he's like you know maybe i should like go to a a, a cancer shelter dressed up as iron man or and whatever. is this why they chose him oh yes okay oh that's an now interesting i get question. it <laughs> now i get it yes yeah that is and that's why that's a really and that's good why point. he gets back that's why they get back in is because they can pick out that i would like to and enable the the yes yeah. The worst in in a person who's unable to fill that worst. Yes. Yeah. Or find or you know prevent them from finding the people that would fill that. Yeah. I'm gonna wrap this up with one last question. I'm gonna give it to you, Jeremy, since you've you've been a little bit quieter on this one. Uh, <gasps> do you think the witches are evil? 
or do you think is the person who sort of hands you the machete uh, evil, or are, the, or is it just a machete, and you're the one who chooses to make it a, a tool? Morally ambiguous, for sure. Um, it depends again. What are their goals? You know, is it really to foster evil? Then yeah, I would say that they are evil in in that in that goal. Um, All right. It isn't just a machete. It's well, let me well, hold your purse. Here's a machete. Yeah, but well, and here's <laughs> the reason I bring it up is particularly in the climate we have right now, there are some who would argue that words are the equivalent of handing someone a machete. Yeah. By telling someone it's okay to hate, it's okay to dislike, it's okay to be xenophobic, it's okay to that you're you're you put, you're metaphorically putting that machete in many yeah. people's hands, and they and some of them may choose never to swing that machete, but you're at the very least giving them the green light to have the machete. Exactly. You know who. Yeah. You know, who do I have to kill? You'll know. You'll know, right. Who do you I know, have to and, hate? You'll know. And and it's really in that statement they're enabling him to be his worst. Yeah. And and I would argue that um, the witches are maybe just a little bit different than the idea of, of words or the machete in that I think... If the, They're a little more encouraging. Well, what I would say is like the witches are enabling one person. I think if we wanted to see a, a truer, uh, at least a truer metaphor, if the witches were making it normal that we oh, push people in yeah. front of buses, that right. is the words in our society. Being, being yes. able to say like, Yes, these words are terrible, but also we're not going to judge you if you use them. We're not going to judge you if you push people in front of buses. Yeah. Go for it. That is, I think, where the metaphor becomes more parallel. Yeah, that's fair. You have been listening to After Dinner Conversation with myself, Colby, and uh, Jeremy and Jessica. We were talking about Lay On. Uh, if you enjoyed this story and haven't read it yet, uh, you can get it on Amazon as an ebook. Uh, you can go to the website afterdinnerconversation.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like or subscribe. It'll make us uh, happy and be able to do more of these. Also, once again, we are at La Gattara, where they have cats available for uh, adoption for uh, like 20, 30 bucks or whatever. Uh, or you can just pay $10 and come and hang out with cats and they have Wi-Fi and like why buy a $10 espresso so you can use their Wi-Fi when you could perfectly well hang out with cats and use their Wi-Fi and there are cats. Uh, Bring your own espresso. You yeah. make it the way you like you it You make anyway. it the whatever. Yeah. whatever. Uh, and if you have a story idea like this in your head, you've got your uh, narrative version of the trolley problem, then uh, email it in to us from our website, afterdinnerconversation.com, and we will take a look at it. And if it's good enough, yours will be one of the ones that we discuss here. Thank you. <laughs>